and welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. And my name, of course, is Duffy Henderson, and I'm your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here, we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless this episode in particular greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, I am excited about today's conversation, and I am joined today, uh, Jason Rowland, who is usually my my co-podcaster. He is not here today. Um, We're actually recording while several of our church members are off on a cruise uh, in the in the uh, the Gulf, right? Yep. Um, and uh, so Some, I'm joined here by by Jared. Somewhere in Mexico, there. Somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in Mexico. Well, they're floating back. Now. That's right. I hope they're floating back by now. Uh, but Jared Haygood is one of our elders here, and he's been on the podcast a few times. And actually, this episode will kind of be a unintentional part two from our previous conversation a few months back. If you remember, we had kind of him as a solo episode, just getting to know Jared, um, his heart for ministry. And we did actually touch on this topic a bit in that episode. But today I wanted to uh, bring this topic back up for Jared and I to discuss. It's a topic that he and I both are very passionate about. We're passionate about the home. We're passionate about the family. We're passionate about parents leading their children. And if you've already seen the episode title, we're going to be talking about family worship. Before we jump in, Jared, how are you this afternoon? Man, I'm great. So um, enjoying this crazy Texas weather of <laughs> yep. you need a jacket in the morning and then you can wear shorts in the afternoon. So <laughs> Yep. Welcome to January in East Texas. Yep. No, we're doing good. Um, Whitney and I just uh, had our 13th anniversary, and so... We had a, a nice time. Uh, grandma and Grandpa watched the kids, and um, so we got some time away together, and awesome. it was uh, it was very beneficial, and it was a good thing. Well, congratulations. So, How many yes. years have y'all been married now? Thirteen. Thirteen years. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, Stephanie and I will uh, celebrate in 2023. In August, we'll celebrate nine years. Um, and it's been a it's been a, a fun <laughs> and a wild ride, if you were ask her. Yeah. She'd say the same. For sure. Definitely. And... Um, yeah, we have uh, four kids, and um, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's, it's been a wonderful ride. So yep. it yep. Re- really has their blessing, and, and I enjoy every every moment of it with them. And I think some people would understand the statement that the days feel long and the years are short. Yes, and uh, and maybe I said another podcast I can't remember, but but it is true yep. that um, I look back and I know it's going it is going fast, and we have so many uh, summers left with my oldest one. When you sit down and really think about it. Uh, but there's times where um, I think Aaron Marshall has said before, uh, the person with the, the most agenda is a toddler at nighttime in bed. That um, <laughs> Yes, about 8.30. Yes, they, <laughs> you put them in bed and they want to ask every question yes. in the world. They got to use the bathroom again. They have the again. most energy of the whole right. day. <clears throat> so that's why we say the, the days feel long. It's like, just please go to bed so yes. we can spend some time together. Oh, man. <laughs> That's, but that's so relatable. <laughs> but they're, they're a wonderful, they're a wonderful gift. Yes. 
Well, today we've got a great topic to discuss. Of course, I've already mentioned family worship, but we want to... Uh, Jared and I have had a lot of pre-discussion, and we've got a lot of stuff laid out. If you could see the table that we're sitting at right now in the conference room, we've got anywhere from 10 to 15 books laying around here. We've got our Bibles open. We've got pages of stuff, and um, man, we're excited about this. And so we want to have this episode really directed at um, someone who is asking the most basic question, what is family worship? Maybe you're, maybe you're listening to this episode, you've seen the topic on this episode, and maybe you've come from a church situation um, that you've never even heard of this. You never even heard the term family worship. Maybe you have. Maybe you've never uh, spoken to anyone about it. Maybe you've never read anything about it. What on earth is family worship? That's yeah. kind of where we want to aim this episode at. So um, we are going to give a definition for, we're going to give actually two definitions, and hopefully those can be helpful, but we're going to save that until the end. Um, but we, basically, we are working from the biblical premise from this episode that uh, God has designed the family, and specifically the parents, in the home to teach their children about God and His Word. Yeah. And that's the that's where we are jumping off from. We're right. assuming that to be true, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so why don't you jump in there for just a second, Jared, and kind of piggyback off of that. That's kind of where we want, we want to address this at a basic foundational level, but then we're going to get narrow and give it more of a robust definition. Yeah. And, and I would add, um, the, the, the ideal is, you know, uh, dad is leading and, um, and mom is alongside, but um, it, it is interesting as culture has gone and the world has gone that, um, there's a lot more grandma and grandpas having to, to raise their, their children. There's a lot more aunts yep. and uncles. And so, um, so when we say mom and dad, also whoever the, uh, whoever's in the household, um, single mom, I encourage you to, to continue to take this and pour into your young ones and pour into your children. Yes. Um, yes. grandma and grandpa, I know you're probably exhausted from raising the previous kids, but also pouring into your grandkids. But, yes. um, you take that time to. Uh, to pour into them and um, to take this uh, serious as well. Yep, and, and I, uh, I mean, I, I can just speak to a personal testimony. Um, my, me, my sister, my brother were raised, um, for the most part, by a single mom. Uh, my my biological dad was around when I was real young, uh, up until about eight or nine years old. But through all of my real deep formative years, um, as a young, you know, as a as a kid, get into a preteen to teenage years, the 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 formative years of my life in, the, in that regard uh, were all led and uh, fueled by my mom and her commitment to teach us the Word of God. Now, yeah. um, it, was, it was a difficult time in a lot of ways for her, right. mostly as a single mom. And mm-hmm. so I'm thankful. Mom, if you're listening to this episode, if you ever hear this, thank you for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, things paid off in one regard. Right. Uh, thank you for your commitment. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great point. Um, whoever you are leading a home, uh, God's ideal is obviously, if we, we find in, in his word, that husband and wife would be leading, the husband leading the wife, the husband and wife leading the children yeah. in love and in truth. Because it truly does. I mean, uh, so goes the family. So goes society. Uh, society. It, it truly absolutely does. Absolutely does. It, it, it breaks down and, um, and then culture wants to start defining what a family is and um, it just, it skews the view and then it skews everything. And so, yep. um, you're so right. Yeah. Well, we want to ask, uh, this is going to be kind of a three part episode. So our first segment, 
we're going to ask this question, is there biblical precedent, and obviously we're assuming that there is, but we want to take you to scripture and kind of show you this. Is there biblical precedent for this concept of um, outside of the local church, teaching children in the home about God and his word? And I think we both are going to answer this. I hope that you're going to answer this yes. Yes, I want to answer it yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We want to to say emphatically yes. Yes. And so uh, I had a couple of things queued up, and I'll let Jared uh, also jump jump in in just a moment. But for me, um, we could go to many, many texts, but there is a um, a biblical assumption, a working operating assumption for, for believers who read the Word of God that this ought to take place. And one of my favorite texts is Ecclesiastes that was written by Solomon, King Solomon. And at the very end, this, this text has impacted my life in more ways than I can share. But Solomon writes at the end of this um, book, Uh, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, he writes this, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Hmm. And now, of course, if you know anything about Scripture, your ears are going to be ringing of Moses' command to the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy 4 and through 6 to teach your children to not swerve to the right or to the left, to keep the commandments of God, and thus your days will be long and mm-hmm. good, right? right? I mean, this is directly from, uh, they're basically saying the exact same thing. And then one other thing is the, um, the Westminster Shorter Catechism also captures this at the very beginning of the catechism in questions one and two. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, question one is, what is the chief end of man? And then the answer is man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. It's derived directly from Ecclesiastes 12, 13. And then question two is what rule has God given to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him? So on what basis and what do we teach from? The answer is the word of God, which is contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. And it's the only rule to direct us how we, how we may glorify and enjoy him. I mean... That right there sums up where I come from with the precedent for family worship. What do you have, uh, yeah, Jared? Yeah, uh, d- definitely, I agree. I mean, uh, when we, when, when I think about family worship, when uh, we um, re- read about family worship, it, it is it's solely grounded on the Word of God, that we're not teaching what we want to teach or teaching what we think we ought to teach, but, um, and w- why why are we even teaching or why are we even spending the time, why are we even thinking about this, is because, it comes from the word of God and yes. that, that he's commanded us, uh, to, to do that, to lead our families mm-hmm. and, um, and, and to do it according to, to his word. And so, yeah, I would definitely agree with, uh, with that statement of, of starting there. I would also say that, um, now this episode is getting recorded on, uh, forget what's today, the, the 9th of January we're sitting here and yesterday, Jared, um, it would have been January 8th, he preached um, from Second Chronicles, and um, I got to teach Sunday school on Psalm 78, and providentially, both of those texts and kind of the content of what we got yesterday in our church service was this idea as well. In Psalm 78, if you have a Bible open, uh, listener, you can also turn there and see that 
um, there is another area where we are hearing this, um, these notes of Moses come through from Deuteronomy 4 and Deuteronomy 6. Um, Asaph, at the beginning of the Psalm 78, he says, <clears throat> And he established, speaking of God, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. This is uh, Psalm 78, verse 5, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. Verse 6, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn, rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. I mean, if you want more biblical precedent right. to pass on the works and wonders of God, I don't know what else you would need. Yeah. That's a that's a closed case in my book. Right. <clears throat> and um and, and and though we and if I'm jumping too far, you can tell me, but I, I know we might not see the word family worship in in the word. Oh, that's a good and, point. Yeah. yeah. Uh we might not see that in in the in the Bible. And uh I thought um David Murray did a good job of saying that that it is implied in Scripture that we see what we just read. Yes. Um, I mean, we see in Deuteronomy 6, I know we've probably read it and many of us have heard it, but here, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, that you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall still be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and they shall talk of them when you sit on in, in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. But it, it truly is a, a rich verse, especially... Um, as as Israel is is going in, and the, the tribes will will be set, and uh, God is working through Israel that the the promised one is coming, that that the the moms and dads will remember this, and that they'll look back and continue to teach year after year, day after day, um, on on who God is and who He is, and um and and to to know more about Him. Amen. So it, it truly is a beautiful thing. And Amen. Um. I mean, we look at Ephesians uh, chapter 6. I've, I've got it right here. Okay. I was going to actually follow you up with Ephesians 6. Uh, Ephesians 6 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. We have this hint, right? This is a direct quote from the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But if you want a proof text for family worship yeah. in, in, a, you know, in an indirect way, this is it. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Yeah. How else can you accomplish that specific command from Paul to the Ephesian church without teaching them actively and consistently in the word of God? Right. I don't know how that – it's, it's a direct link there. Right. Uh, so. and, and especially when you uh, – you know, when you look at Acts and the start of the local church of yes. them gathering together and um, yes. and reading together and learning together and um, and um, no doubt that the uh, the great benefit of other believers together, but but mom and dad teaching their yeah, there were families well. gathered there in the local early church um, in Acts. I mean, it wasn't just men gathering; yeah. it was men and their wives and their families were there. Yeah, um, and I, one other text is also I love this. We get this little insight into the home life of Timothy in 2 Timothy, yeah. mm -hmm. where uh, 
Paul says in First Timothy chapter, uh, some, sorry, Second Timothy chapter one verse three, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. There's a one little hint. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. Another great quote-unquote proof text for for family worship. I yeah. mean, it may not look identical across the board in everyone's home, but my goodness, what more biblical precedent do you need? Yeah, I mean, that that, that is the way they... It, they, they communicate. They didn't have videos, and they didn't have um, what we have of technology today, but they were told to pass on that. And the only way to pass on this information is to, to teach them, uh, yes. to, uh, to teach your children, to uh, teach the next generation after and after, is to, um, to point those little hearts and those little minds um, from, from the very beginning. So Yes. I wanna, before we jump to our next segment, I do want to kind of say something a little bit edgy here, but uh, take it in good faith that if you as a parent are not actively, intentionally discipling and evangelizing your children, TikTok will be, Mm -hmm. Instagram will be, YouTube will be, social media in general will be doing that. And social media has an agenda. Influencers on social media have an agenda to influence and disciple your children. Yeah. And so this is going to get real for a minute. And Jared can speak to this as well, but if you don't, your children are not living in a neutral, neutral territory. They're getting discipled and evangelized constantly. And so your battle, honestly, today, parents, Christian parents' battle is a hundredfold what it was 200 years ago, 150 right. years ago, because of the internet and technology. It's not the internet and technology. We shouldn't go live you know, on a mountaintop and be hermits. Right. It's a good thing. It can be used for many good purposes. Right. But anyway, that I didn't want to go too far down that road. But there, there is a, I mean, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere, right? And you gotta start there because they need a form of worldview. Uh, but because you're right, especially in this in this day of of influencers on yes. on YouTube, you know, there's guys. I'm gonna say his name, and I don't know the the gentleman very well. They call him Gary V. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, he seems like a a genuine guy. Mm-hmm. Once, I mean, if someone needs to ask a question about business, he is willing to stop right then and there mm-hmm. and, and talk to him about it. Um, he's a little edgy. He seems fun. Um, he seems outgoing. Um, all these things that, that students look like, man, I want to be like that. I want to be like that guy. And um, because cause he's, he's a good guy. Yep. And so yep. successful, and successful. A lot of people um, like him and follow yeah, him. And, he's, yep. he's worked hard. And yep. um, just from what I see, I don't see anything spiritual there. Um, but, but then they start following it and start following that worldview. Yep. And um, instead of yep. uh, suffering through the word of God uh, that's been passed on and, and to rightly think through, okay, um, what is good truly in, in an individual? And um, mm-hmm. is there some truths I can take to his business mm-hmm. model? But, you know, what about, what about character? What about that? they don't have a biblical that? worldview, they don't have any tools by which to decipher. Right. They don't have any tools. Yeah. And the job of the parent is to fill up your child's tool belt. Right with the word of God, with wisdom, biblical mm-hmm. wisdom, with discernment about good and evil, yeah. uh, truth and untruth, right? Yeah. And all of these things. I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole here. But yeah, we could, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're passionate about this. You're in family ministry. I've done youth ministry in the past, and um, we've talked about that. But 
um, this is a really important matter. Um, and we'll get, we'll, we will get to some practical tips um, at the end of this episode, but um, just real quick, you yeah, know, go ahead. D- just other things, you know, you know, looking at social media, you're right that, that they'll be learned, but um, you know, especially living in East Texas, we have a distorted view of the theology of, of angels and demons and death, you know, mm-hmm. cause you, you'll see it on, on mm-hmm. social media that, uh, grandma's got her wings yep. or, um, yep. you know, looking yeah. at, looking at death and the angels and what happens yep. to us when we die. That's right. And, um, and so that's all over social media. That's right. And so we just have to, have to learn to, to teach our children to, to rightly think through that stuff. What we have and Vody Bauckham, which I'm, I'm going to read a quote from him in just a minute from one of his books, but Vody would say something like, we have a lot of Christians in our churches that have no biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. We have Christians that with no biblical worldview. And I would say emphatically that that biblical worldview foundation must begin in the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the pastor's job at the church to do that. The pastor assists the parents. Right. The youth pastor assists the parents. But the parents' role, God has given those children to you. He's given my children to me. Mm-hmm. He's given your children to you, Jared. And I am responsible for their upbringing as well as you are for yours. Yeah. Um, and that's just a basic, obviously, a scriptural tenet as well from Ephesians 5 and 6 and so forth. Yeah. But, um, man, there's so many things there that we could go to. If, if you don't mind, let me, um, we're going to, and this will segue us into our second. So we want to, we asked our first question, is there a biblical precedent for family worship? I think that we've shown sufficiently. We could have gone to many other places. Yeah. Okay. So if so, if yes is the answer, then what should we do? Um, and that's where I think a lot of people might get hung up. Yeah. Okay. I know, I, I see what you're saying. I think you're right. But I don't know, I don't know that much about the Bible. I've got kids who are, you know, they're, they're smarter than me. Yeah. I can't even teach them, help them with their math homework. How am right. I going to teach them the Bible? Yeah. Well, we want to give you encouragement here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vody Bauckham has a wonderful book. My wife and I have read through it cover to cover. We've been greatly impacted by it. It's called Family Driven Faith. And I would commend this to anyone who is interested in taking hold of their family and taking, taking family life seriously. We have a copy. I'm actually holding one of our Faith at Home copies here. It's priced at $8. Uh, it's probably more than half off, but it's a great price. But I'm going to read from page 95, and this will segue us in. Vody says, um, let's see, let me try to find a good place to start for this quote. Um, well, okay, Vody and his wife are homeschooling parents, and this is written from a homeschooling perspective, but it applies to any, any family. So he writes this, as homeschool parents, my wife and I are often asked how we homeschool two high school-aged children. Many families believe they could never teach their children at home past the third grade. So don't get focused on the homeschool portion. We're talking about the teaching at home. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard the standard line, quote, by the time they reach high school, they'll be past anything I could handle, end quote. So whenever my wife and I, this is Vody, whenever my wife and I encounter such comments, we merely reply, you only have to stay a week ahead, end quote. I love to see the look on people's faces when they realize the simple yet profound truth of this statement. All we really need to do to teach our children is to stay one step ahead of them. Of course, this means that we must be in a constant state of learning as parents, but it is a doable thing. The same is true in teaching the Bible. Let me finish off here. So many parents think they don't have enough Bible knowledge to teach their children. 
Nothing could be further from the truth. I'm still quoting Vodi here. If you, if you can read, you can teach your children God's word. Yeah. All you have to do is to stay one step ahead. Don't be afraid. God has given you everything you need to do this. You don't have to be a seminary-trained theologian to read the Bible and to talk about what it means. Besides, God would not have given you the responsibility unless he knew you could handle it. And that's the end of that quote. There's so much more that I could read, but talk about an encouraging. Yeah. I hope that encourages you as the listener. Um, pick up this book. Um, find some sermons by Vodi. He has a lot of content online regarding family worship and this sort of a concept. But I mean, really, it's so simple. If you can read the Bible and the, and you do, this is assuming you do read the Bible, um, then you can teach your children the Bible. Yeah. You can talk anyway. Well, it's uh, especially especially this day and age with all the great resources that there's so uh, much that that yes. have, have put out uh, yes. to to help come alongside the mom and dad to uh, to to be one step ahead. Uh, yes, exactly. And, and, and to help out, and so um, as as we talk about this, we definitely don't want people to feel um, overwhelmed or confused or feeling guilty or any of those things. We we want to come alongside and and, and help you, mom and dad. Um, yeah, that's wanna, really good. I want to come alongside to help you, help you walk through that and, uh, take baby steps little by little yes. of, of, of doing this, this exact same thing. Yes. Now you've got in front of you a, uh, an article that we, I think we both have, uh, printed off from Founders Ministries that's easily accessible. And I can even link this article in our, uh, show notes, uh, when the podcast comes out, but it's called, uh, oh, I've got a different one. That's, we that's, that's part two. I got part one, and you have part two. On oh, this okay, one right here. cool, cool, great. So it's by John Devito, and you've got a, it's got a great little kind of piggybacking off of right. uh, Vody's quote here. Why don't you read that? Yeah, first? he just said kind of what I said that when you hear about family worship, how do you respond? Do you feel lost, not knowing what all of the fuss is about? Do you feel nervous, thinking that those um, who practice family worship are Christian fanatics, or do you feel guilty knowing that you should be leading family worship? Uh, uh, in your home, but failing to do so, and we don't, mm-hmm. we don't want any of those. We things. want to dispel any. Uh, we're not trying to place guilt, or you know, uh, <laughs> Jared and I are not trying to say, "Hey, we're, look at us, we're spiritual." You know, what? no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, the, this was not always my my thought. You know, exactly. I've, I've had to grow in, in the Word and yes. grown through other uh, other great men of faith, and yes. um, to to get to the point where, um, as you read the the Bible as a whole. Uh, you start to see this picture of discipleship and, and that we are discipling our children first and foremost. And so, um, which I think automatically, once again, lends itself to family worship of, of pointing to our young ones. And um, it, it might be overwhelming, but that's why we're here as elders, as pastors, as the, the local church to, to, to help um, to help dads, to help moms and grandparents who may be to, um, to help you literally step by step, you know, what does that look like or, or help out in any way uh, to get you to that point. Yes, uh, a text of scripture comes to mind as you're saying that. Uh, saying that, Ephesians four eleven, he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Uh, this is Ephesians four twelve to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And of course, this is talking about specifically the context of the local church, but it applies directly to the home. Yeah, he gave the uh, specifically here the pastors and teachers, and shepherds, evangelists, to equip you, mom and dad, right, 
to lead your family at home, to yeah. teach your children, to love on your children, to raise them in the nurture of the Lord. This kind of sounds out, outlandish, but you know, the, the, the thought comes to my mind of, as I have um, been on mission work, helping local churches uh, uh, overseas and you know, reading about missionaries and, and truly thinking if, if persecution truly happened and the people were only able to meet you know, once a week, you know, what would happen throughout the week? Was mom and dad capable of teaching their children throughout the week or or they just have to wait for that next Sunday or that, that next time that they could yep. hear preaching? And yep. so um, I know that sounds crazy. I'm not, I'm not saying it's happening anytime soon, but um, can we as pastors come alongside and, and build yep. them up to that yep. point where, where they could they could lead in their home. Yeah. And we want to be careful. We want to say that we're not saying that these two things, the church and the home are separate Right. for the Christian. They are two sides to the same coin of the Christian life. The, 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 the family joined with the church is how God has designed the family to flourish. Yeah. Um, and so family worship is not a replacement for Sunday morning, Lord's day worship. Correct. Praise God. Not a replacement. You sh- we're not saying do one or the other. We're saying that your family worship actually at home ought to be spurred on and kind of fueled by your Lord's Day worship, yeah. right? right? Would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Um, our, our, our time where we gather as our church body sends us out into our community, into our homes, into our school situations, and therefore fuels the, the five days, six days in between the time we meet. Yeah. So Praise God. Anyway, there's so many, so yeah. many good things there. <laughs> I'm getting fired up, man. Yeah. I love this. Um, I, I wrote down a couple of thoughts as we kind of are in this middle section. Um, again, just a reminder, we asked the question originally, is there biblical precedent for this? We say yes. So, okay, yes. So what should we do? And we're going to give some practical tips in a few minutes, but generally speaking, um, just at the most basic fundamental level, what should you as a parent be doing with your home and with your children. Teach them about God, teach them his word, and then you teach about God from his word. So this, we, we talked to earlier, this is kind of a circular yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where do we learn about God? From creation and his, uh, his word. Mm-hmm. And we can use all of these things to, to teach them about God. So you already, as a Christian parent, are equipped with everything you need. Yeah. You don't need all, we've got... Uh, 15 books or so here, yeah. 10 or 12 books on the table, which are great resources. But the fact of the matter is you have already what you need. Yeah. Um, and then you raise them biblically in a sound church. Yeah. In a, in a biblically sound church. Yeah. So that's kind of where, that's all I've got for these, for the second portion. Do you have anything yeah. else to add? Yeah. Uh, um, add that, um, well, I, I guess this maybe goes into the, um, the, the third of, of, as we're getting to the, the third section or the third question, but um, you know, what should we do that um, not not only time, but no, I think take, taking from the word, but but taking um, every every opportunity. Uh, yes, I think there there is a time where we, we we sit with them and teach them, but but also take every opportunity to um, when we're on road trips, you know, to. Um, I guess I was giving an example. We we're kind of talking beforehand, but uh, you know, we were we were on a walk the other day, and um, one of the kids asked a question. So just a, a great time of a, a spiritual conversation of mm-hmm. of having that, um, asking a good question, or 
um, when you're on the you're driving, there's a, a dead animal, or there's a car wreck. You know, to be able to talk about death and um, and ultimately talk about heaven and hell and and, yeah. and, and have those conversations. Um, when you're um, uh, watching a, a TV show together and something comes up and you can talk through that, watching a movie, listen to a song, yeah, um, all, all those things are are times of speaking spiritual truth yeah. um, to, to, to your children. Uh, but I also think there's there's another time that, that we can do that, and that's when we're talking about, about family worship. Yeah, and I'd like to share just a personal example like you. Um, so we're recording on a Monday. This was just last night, um, Sunday evening at the dinner table. Our oldest, Landon, um, we were we had read uh, a couple of questions in our catechism book that we use, and we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes, some resources. But uh, we had read, I forget what we were reading, actually. I, I, I got captivated by his question, and I don't really recall right now what, <laughs> what we were doing. It doesn't matter. Uh, but he asked me a zinger of a question. And I want to use this example to give you, as the listener, encouragement. Yeah. Because you do not need to have the pressure on you or feel like you have to have all the answers in order to engage in family worship. Um, at the end of the day... Uh, what it came out to was Landon asked me a great question. Yeah. I had never considered it before. It was a legitimate question, and I didn't really have a good answer for him. I gave him the best I could, and I, I explained that to him. I said, Landon, honestly, I had never thought about that before. Yeah. And he, as a 10-year-old, took that really well. He's like, you know, Dad, I appreciate you saying that. Like he, he could see the, there's a respect and like, hey, Dad, I know you read all the time and you're you love the word of God and you know so much. And I just asked him a question and he didn't like have an ego flare up, you know? Right. <laughs> I yeah. said, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll do my best and answer it for you right here. And he said, thank you, dad. Yeah. After I gave him an answer. Now that may spark something else later on, but the point is I want to encourage you as a listener. Don't be pressured. Don't put that pressure on yourself to be like, I can't, well, I'm just not going to do it. Cause what if they ask me a question I don't have an answer to? So what? Yeah. Let that pr- press you deeper into the word. Yeah. Let that be a driving, motivating factor I've, for you. I've had to do the same thing. Where I, I bet. Yeah. I, I literally told the, the kid, wow, it's a good question. A- <laughs> Let me get back to you with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and um, it, it, was a, it was a legitimate question. Yeah. And, and then well, you get your questions with, uh, with kids like Jude asked me. The wacky ones. Yeah. Which in, in, all, in all seriousness, I mean, you know, we've been teaching these catechisms mm-hmm. and that he understands that God is creator. So God has created everything. And with all seriousness, he said, daddy, why did God make your tummy so big? And I was like, <laughs> well, son, well, well, son, that uh, was not God. That was my doing. <laughs> drinking too many Dr. Peppers. <laughs> hey, you got to appreciate the honesty there. Yeah. And so I just want to throw out there, out there that kids are going to have all kinds of questions. Exactly. And family worship, <laughs> let me tell you, it can be so fun. It can be so encouraging to you as a, as a parent. It can be so invigorating. I mean, I cannot tell yeah. you, if you were to ask Stephanie, um, we have had some of the best times sitting around our dinner table, finishing up a meal, reading through a catechism question, looking at the, the Word of God, um, and, and just talking about true spiritual matters that yeah. matter, things that matter. Right. That are not going to be irrelevant tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so much of our time is spent on stuff that's just utterly irrelevant. Yeah. In the grand scheme of life. We were, um, 
I know we're giving you all a bunch of examples, but yeah. I, I just want to be open. I mean, this is yeah. this is what what it, real life looks this like. Is what guys. it is. We uh we were reading through um some of those uh, biographies that we have faith at home with um uh, was it was the lady's name that we we're talking uh, about Mary Slesser. M- Mary Slesser, and uh, she was orphanage in Africa, and um she in the book she says that um her dad was um was beat like beat on her on the mom mm-hmm. you know and maybe different mm-hmm. words but was mean to her and mm-hmm. hit her mm-hmm. and that was mean to the girls and um and that shocked Addie me that she's like he he did that yeah. and um and so that that was a good teaching moment that you know what she sees is at home and that that in, in the real world that um men are, are not 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 to the wives that's when we have the word of god the god yes. the word of god shows us yes. uh what manhood looks like uh what as a father what that should look like towards our wife and towards our kids. And so, yes. I mean, just from something uh, that simple of reading, that good conversation came Man, from. what a conversation uh, starter. Yeah. <laughs> Are you telling me that actually happens? Yeah. Yes, it actually does. And, you know, and, and, and that, that comes with the worldview. You know, you start teaching the worldview of yeah. um, as they look for their future uh, spouses. And, and a and, child can understand that that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a testimony to, the, to God. Yeah. And that he's written... Uh, his law on our hearts that we know what is right and wrong even on a basic fundamental level that's 